Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. We will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 102 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. Justin, how are you today, sir? Uh, I am peacherific. Uh, we do have a, a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about the big news this week, obviously, which was Iowa, Trump's 51% win. Justin and I disagree on what this means. Well, we we mildly disagree on what this means. We have in different takes on it. Uh, the government shutdown saga continues. They didn't shut down. They were going to shut down. They didn't shut down. They kicked the can down the road. This is getting ridiculous but it has some very serious ramifications particularly for the GOP going forward we'll be talking about that we have some very shocking news from the Texas uh the National Guard in Texas with that we have uh our fascist of the week which is our very uh our very own Donald Trump who went I think beyond fascism I don't know what you would call this but um anyway like we full discuss- monarch he's going full yeah. monarch here full monarch right 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 uh, we're going into that. We have our uh, our grifter of the week. I don't Ray we don't of sunshine of the week. Sorry, no we don't have a grifter of the week. Sorry, okay. I'm I'm. We decided against our gr- uh, grifter of the week this to have a sunshine of the week instead, because we like to fill you with good news. Uh, and that before we go into the emergency meeting, where we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite topic, Israel Gaza. Um, this is a we're going to have a, a very con- yeah. There's some very interesting developments going on with the Israel-Gaza conflict, uh, one that could have a potentially... Actually, it's kind of good news. Could be potentially very good news. I know. Everyone will be less angry with us this time. It'll be awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going to be discussing um, some new developments in the Israel-Gaza conflict and um, Saudi Arabia. So we're going to that afterwards. Please join us in the emergency meeting. You can get 50% off Banter membership and join us there. Get access to that every week uh we also provide a transcript for everybody as well so if you're a member um you get the emergency meeting podcast and the transcripts of the show so added bonus but um hopefully hopefully we'll see you there okay so iowa trump won iowa uh by shocking yeah it was was very unshocking news that trump won iowa but he won um by 51 percent where well, he was with 51%, not by 51%. Well, he, yeah, he got 51% of the, of the votes, right? right? Compared to uh, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, DeSantis came in second and Nikki Haley came in third and they were, it was quite close for second and third place. Uh, but we have slightly different takes on what this means. Um, I want you to give me your take on this, Justin, about why you think this was actually not very good for Trump at all. All right. So my whole thing now, the way the press is, the press has been um, just rampaging all over the place about how this was a historic win and it's, he's unbeatable and it's stunning. It's massive. It was overwhelming. Um, But if you step back from the Trump hype in the media, it was 
of 51% win. He won just 51% of the vote. And, well, I mean, that's that's great for Iowa, right? You know, usually it, it's a really crowded field, blah, 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 blah. So in that sense, yeah, it's good. But if you look at a slightly broader picture, not that much broader, this was a Republican caucus, and that was Donald Trump. That means almost every single person there was a Trump voter from 2016 and 2020. The, almost every single person in that room voted for him for president in 2016 and 2020. I doubt there were any Biden voters or Hillary voters in that room. Okay. So they all voted for Trump once, if not twice. And yet, 49% of them looked at Trump and said, eh, no, nah, we're not going to do this. I don't want this guy this time. I want anyone else but him. Okay. So if you look at that, if any other candidate who had been president previously, I mean, he's he's technically an incumbent right? Because most of them still think he won the election in 2020, right? At least 60-something percent of them, if not more, think he won when he's actually president, whatever. So, But he's still essentially an incumbent to them. He's running for president again. It's not like he's never been president before. It's an unusual dynamic, but there it is. You can't ignore it. If any other person who had been president and was running again only won 51%. Like, imagine that was Biden at a caucus and he only got 51% of the vote. The headlines for the next month would be Biden's weakness over and over. That's all we would hear about is how terrible Biden would be doing. But that's not how they wanted to portray it with Trump. And the flip side of that, of course, is that when Biden completely decimate everybody in his primaries we're not going to hear anything about that at all we're just it's just going to be like oh yeah yeah biden biden won his primaries it's no big deal who cares move on so so yes what's going on there i i i agree i agree with you uh but i have some caveats right um if you look at campaign spending for example in iowa and how much time they spent there trump did nothing in Iowa, nothing, right? He didn't bother doing anything, barely showed up, right? He spent half of what Nikki Haley and DeSantis spent. So according to, um, uh, this is from uh, Ad Impact, right? This is how much each candidate spent. Haley and her campaign and other outside groups spent $37 million on ads in Iowa. DeSantis spent $35 million. Trump spent $18.3 million, right? So half of what they spent and crushed them both. He got twice as many votes as both of them did. Um, Okay. Counterpoint to that. Trump gets 10 times as much free media as the other two put together. This is true. This is true. But I'm saying if if you're Nikki Haley and you spent $37 million to come in third place, right, that's not a great uh, return on investment, right? That's... The amount of money you're spending per vote is astonishing. Oh, absolutely! So, no, it's definitely right? it's definitely not great for her. It, it's not it's not good at all. Uh, and I think that the fact that Trump is winning this so without 
doing anything, with barely doing anything, like not showing up until the last minute, uh, not really doing any campaigning. He's not engaging any of the debates and, and he's still walking away with it, right? Um, so I think that this is, a, this is a, a problem. I mean, I wrote about it this week that the what, what's happening now with Trump, like I think that the GOP is going to have to come to terms very quickly that that they are the party of Trump, right? That Haley and DeSantis do not have a prayer of winning of of um of beating Trump. I think Haley may win in in New Hampshire. It's possible, but that's it. Like she'll fizzle out really fairly rapidly after that. The terrain gets much choppier for her after that. Um, DeSantis, yeah, no, I think he has no hope. I don't think he's gonna. I think he might come in third in New Hampshire, um, and he's not competitive with Trump anywhere else. Probably not even in Florida. Um, so this is a huge problem and i think that trump is going to walk away with this very easily oh that... he was always going to walk away with it though yes there was never any question that he was going to be the candidate like yeah. ever yeah uh, but i do agree i agree that the turnout wasn't great and i think that just because trump dominates in in a in a gop primary doesn't mean anything about the general election yeah, I'm a, I don't. I didn't bring up the turnout only because they were in the middle of like a really hostile weather event. So I know people have said even with that, you know, even accounting for that, it was still a low turnout. Eh, I don't know. I, it's. I mean, it was like frigid, brutal. I mean, it wasn't just cold. I mean, the the roads were nasty. So I I, I kind of I, I didn't really want to get into the the low turnout because that's not entirely fair like you know if the weather had been great how much higher would it have been i don't know if there's any real way for us to know right yeah so I, I can't really judge on that one i know some people have been but it's like yeah i don't know i i hate trump if it if i you know does how would i crawl over broken glass yeah would i go out into sub-zero weather but not everyone would. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I do want to bring up one thing that did not get a whole lot of mention, which also annoyed the crap out of me. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know, maybe a month ago, Reuters did a national survey. And they found that um, one third of Republican voters said they would not vote for Trump if he were convicted of a felony of which mm. he's under indictment for 91 of them. All right. And this is, he's almost certainly going to be convicted of something by the end of the summer, right? That's, that's some of those trials are going to be wrapped up by the end of the summer. Yes. Fall at the latest. Okay. I, none, I, some of these are going to be finished, finished before election day. And that's a huge deal, right? Even if only half of those people, uh, even if a quarter of that third, says, oh, yeah, no, I, I can't vote for a convicted felon. That's more than enough people for Trump to lose the election. Now, that was a national survey, okay? At the Iowa caucus, they asked the same question. And they said the same thing, that if... Oh, like one third of them, uh, one quarter mm. of them said the same thing. If he's if he's the guy, 
and he's convicted, they're not going to vote for him. And it's like, okay, that kind of maps onto the same number roughly. Like they don't, they don't want to vote for Trump, especially if he's a freaking um, convicted felon. felon. Yeah. So, and this is these are caucus goers, right? This is yeah. these are the hardcore of the hardcore. These are like the real heavy duty, devoted political Republicans. Right. They don't screw around, right? Because yeah. they don't go to a caucus unless you're real serious about it. And if they're talking about not voting for Trump, that's a problem. That's Trump. a problem. Yes, I agree. I do agree. But I still think that when push comes to shove, when they're faced with uh, that or the evil Joe Biden who has Alzheimer's and is simultaneously uh, running a global plot to overtake, um, you know, to inject everybody with 5G vaccines and uh, make everybody eat insects and et cetera, et cetera. Right. But then he, he can only afford to lose a very tiny percent of voters if the election's yeah. that close if he loses one tenth of his voters to this yeah he's he's toast. that's it that's a wrap yeah yeah so that is true that is true i mean look i'm giving a worst case scenario i'm not i'm giving this sort of uh <laughs> i'm being pessimistic um I mean, I still, you know, again, I wrote as I wrote in my piece, I still favor Biden to win this. I don't think it's going to pan out in the way that um, a lot of the press and a lot of the media, a lot of the media, a lot of people on social media uh, think it's going to play out. There, a lot of people are like absolutely terrified that Biden is going to get completely smashed. That's what they think at the moment, and they're looking at what's going, what happened in Iowa, and they're just like, okay, yeah, this guy's going to walk away with it. Um, no, the way I put it, it is it a lot doesn't of, mean that. Yeah, I think a lot of things have to go right for Trump to win, but that doesn't mean it can't because it happened in 2016. Like a yes. lot of things had to fall into place for right. him to win, and they did. They yes. just fell into place in just the right way for him to win, and that could happen again. So, you know, as Bob always says, don't get happy. Right. So, okay, well, look. Um, we've got more New Hampshire, uh, the New Hampshire primary. I guess what the, that's in February, right? We've got um, what's next? We've got uh, it's not New Hampshire next. It's no, it is. It's New Hampshire. Is it New Hampshire yeah. is next? I'm sorry. Yeah, that, yeah. That's for some reason, up. um, um, what's his nuts? Um, blah, 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 blah. Ron DeSantis has decided to yeah. pass on that one. So I have no idea what he's doing, but that's not the a one good that Nikki, Yeah, Nikki Haley has a good shot in New Hampshire. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, she's only 10 points behind, I believe, uh, in right. New Hampshire. And now that DeSantis uh, so, is kind of not bothering, maybe she'll pick up some extra points. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, that's on, sorry, that's on January 23rd. For some reason, I thought it was in February, but it's next week, early next week. A um, couple of days. Uh, this podcast will be out on Sunday. So uh, we have that to look forward to on Tuesday. Uh, right, we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be watching that very closely. So, well, look, let's let's uh, move on. The government shutdown saga continues. Well, as of recording today, they've just struck a deal. We were, as we did prep for the podcast today, the news broke that a deal has been brokered. Um, MAGA Mike is not, it's not, he's not so MAGA at the moment, and it's gonna cost him if he keeps that up. <laughs> yeah. So, look, you're again, Justin. Is our resident expert on government shutdowns because obviously 
they've impacted you and your family more than anybody else. Um, but what the hell is going on now? So they've created, they've, they've, they've made a deal and they're kicking the can down the road till March, right? As yep. I understand it. March 1st and March 8th. So okay. um, according to the guardian, um, the house approved the bill in a vote for three fourteen to one Oh eight with 107 Republicans and 207 Democrats supporting the bill. So again, MAGA Mike needed the Democrats to pass this bill. Mm. Um, and this is exactly what got uh, Kevin McCarthy kicked out of his job, is mm. that he was making deals with Republic, uh, with Democrats and just running roughshod over the MAGA caucus. And remember, mm. it only takes one person to challenge his seat. And that's it for him. MAGA Mike is gone. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and they're threatening to do it. They've been they've been making noise about it. They're really and 106 Republicans, um, 106 Republicans opposed the bill as hard right members of the conference called for steeper spending cuts. Um, now, this is the third continuing resolution they've passed. Um, this one is March 8th, uh, March 1st for the first chunk of the um, shutdown. That isn't happening yet because remember, mm. they split the spending bills into two pieces for some obscure reason that no one quite understands. And that's like four different agencies, including um, Health and Human Services and uh, Veterans Affairs. I forget the rest. I really should just have them written down, like tattooed on my arm. And then mm. March 8th for everything else, um, including the agency my wife works for that Debbie works for. So, you know, March 8th is the one we're keeping an eyeball on, but it's March 1st for like a small chunk of the government, March 8th for everything else. Mm. Um, and the problem is, is that they still have like 12 different bills. They have to pass spending bills to get all of these agencies done. And they only have the house and the Senate only have 10 days where they overlap. Right, because they all they, they all have their different they have their different schedules when you know this one's off here, this one's off there, they're working here, and they only overlap on ten days. That is not enough time to get these bills done, right? Because right. some of these bills are going to be super super contentious, right? especially with the you know the MAGA caucus fighting tooth and nail to cut everything as much as humanly possible, and there's no way they're going to get it done in ten days, right? which means they're going to have to do another continuing resolution, which means we're going to be pushed back into April, maybe May, which would right now where March is going to be five months since this whole thing was supposed to have been done, Christ. which would have been back at the end of September, right? The, the fiscal year ends the end of September, mm. right? It's September. It's, the, you know, September 30th to October 1st. That's a fiscal year for whatever reason they do it that way and once you're in april once you're in may you're only looking at a few months until you're back into september we're going to be looking at more than half the year now without you know doing a proper budget Spending, and, yeah yeah you know doing a continuing resolution freezes everything at last year's spending which is terrible for everyone involved you right. can't do anything new you can't work you know inflation you know, it, it's essentially a cut to all government services, which is terrible. 
And if you have more people, which we do, obviously, right? Population is growing. You can't service them properly because you don't have the money. So this is ridiculous that we're doing it this way. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, what does long term, this? what does this mean for the Republican Party, really? Uh, they're That's definitely going to lose legacy. the House. Yeah, absolutely. Like, of course they will. I mean, it makes sense that, I mean, the public is not going to put up with this, this level of dysfunction. No way. They're going no, to pay they're just terrible this. at their job. They're terrible at it. Yeah, it's like, it's like the old adage, right? Republicans complain about government, about how ineffective it is, then get elected and prove it. Exactly. You know, there's, there's, and the thing is, if they screw up and they, they manage to, um, actually trigger a shutdown because they just don't get it done in time they're going to hurt the senate as well which is why senate republicans keep making sure that there's continuing resolutions but um uh, you know senate the senate will pay a much steeper price than the house will right they will have their little gerrymandered districts and whatnot but they can't afford the senate can't afford to lose a single one of their races if they want to mm. take back the senate the house they're already screwed they're, they're they're in deep trouble yeah well i mean good and bad i guess bad and good um okay well look we'll keep monitoring this uh we're going on to our next section we've got uh texas national guard this was a pretty um this is pretty terrible this uh texas national guard stopped federal agents from helping a woman and two children who were drowning and um, why is this being allowed? So uh, Greg Abbott ordered the Texas National Guard to seize control of Shelby Park in Eagle Pass in order to block federal agents from doing their job at the border. A woman and two children were in distress trying to cross the river and the guardsmen would not allow border control to go in and help. All three drowned. Um, the National Guard does not obey the orders of the governor. They obey the orders of the commander in chief, which would be the president of the United States. Um, <clears throat> that's a terrible, 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 terrible tragedy. Uh, and and how has that been allowed to happen? So someone's got to pay a penalty for this. Uh, will they though? <laughs> right, but it, it, I guess if they answer to the president and not to their federal agents. I mean, the national guard. The national guard. I mean, yes, they they the Texas the state national guard listens to the governor, but when the president says X, Y, and Z. They have to do what the president says. He's the commander in chief, and the National Guard is a militia, mm. right? They're armed forces, and they are under the purview of the commander in chief. They have to respond to the federal government. That's mm. not an optional thing. It's not like they're the police, where the police, the police are that city or state, they don't work for the federal government. The National Guard. The National Guard is military, and the military mm. is part of that chain of command. They don't get to say no to the president. I don't care how ideological bent, what their ideological bent is, how hardcore Republican they are. When the president says, National Guard, stop doing that, they don't have a goddamn choice. Right. If they refuse, that's, uh, that's fucking insubordination. Yeah. Punishable you get bought by up death. on charges for that. You can get shot for that. Can you still get shot for that in 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 the battlefield? Uh, probably. probably. Yeah. Generally speaking, I don't think they do it, but yeah. So, but it's insane. Could. It's insane mm. that they're doing this, and that Biden's not just rolling up there in fucking uh, Marine One, getting out and saying, "National Guard, stop doing this." 
And if someone tells you otherwise, arrest them. I'm your commander in chief. You will do what I say, or I will have you arrested. Do you think that this particular situation is going to go any further, or is that it? Well, they're trying to do this through the courts, and I don't even know why they're doing that. It's like, this is not a court thing. This is the National Guard. Biden is the commander in chief of the National Guard. When he says X, they do X. They do not have a choice in the matter. Mm. This, I mean, what do you do? I mean, this is ridiculous. Why are we even debating this? Why is this even a question? Right. I, I know, I know Florida has like their own little private um police Gestapo thing going on there. I don't know if they did that in Texas, but that's not who this was. This was the National, National Guard. National Guard, yeah. Oy, and there are rules. There's rules in place for this. Terrible. I and mean, look, it's this political football that the people are playing with the lives of desperately poor people. Like, that's one of the things I find most grotesque about this. So that happened to make a point. Abbott probably thought it was great. It was a great yeah. PR thing. Great. Children. Children drowned. And they're just like, and I, I promise you, I, I haven't looked because honestly, I don't want to see it. But mm. I promise you, there's Republicans cheering this. I right. guarantee you that this made them happy. They were thrilled. Like, of oh, course. that's just less illegals in our country. Blah, blah, blah. It's like they're children. Children, like 10 years old and 8 years old. That They were little kids. And they're yeah. dead. And they're thrilled about it. Because right. that's who they are. Yeah, it's the cruelty. The cruelty is the point. Yep. Because they're um, monsters. Speaking of monsters, we have our fascists of the week um this week and that is our good friend uh, donald trump oh yeah close personal friend of the pod yeah 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 uh actually yeah paid subscriber uh donald trump's a good he's a banter member oh who um, are you kidding that, that yeah. man wouldn't pay a dime to anybody if he didn't yeah, have of to course, of course yeah <laughs> uh so look this is from his truth social account all in caps i'm going to read this because this is uh, this is bonkers right he tweeted out this week <clears throat> he said this is on Thursday. He said, a president of the United States must have full immunity, without which it would be impossible for him, her, to properly function. Any mistake, even if well intended, would be met with almost certain indictment by the opposing party at term end. Even events that, quote, cross the line must fall under total immunity, or it will be years of trauma trying to determine good from bad. There must be certainty. Example. You can't stop police from doing the job of a strong and effective crime prevention because you want to guard against the occasional rogue cop or bad apple. Sometimes you just have to live with the great but slightly imperfect. All presidents must have complete and total presidential immunity, or the authority and decisiveness of a president of the United States will be stripped, gone forever. Hopefully this will be an easy decision. God bless the Supreme Court. Every part of that is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so that's not how... Any of that works. States. Yes, yes. This is a, a nation of laws, right? Of not, of not of men, of laws. And I'm sorry, Mr. Trump, but the law applies to you too. Um, this is quite scary, right? So Bob wrote a piece this week as well about Trump telling everybody that he wants to be a dictator. And, and it ties into this, right? That he's telling you what he's going to do, right? Trump is saying... Whenever he gets the chance, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go for another four years. I'm going to do, if I get elected, I'll do another four years after that. Right. He believes he deserves a do-over. Um, 
you know, Republicans are like, well, stop being hysterical about Trump. It's like, no, the guy, first of all, he tried to overthrow the government on January 6th in 2021. Like, he, he tried to overturn the election result. That didn't work. So then he did a violent insurrection on the Capitol, right? We know that. Um, he's then been saying in the, in the past three years, he's been upping the rhetoric. Uh, he's been calling opponents vermin. Uh, he's been saying that he he wants to do over that he still won the election. He believes he still won. Um, that Biden is a criminal president. That he'll be reelected, and then when he gets reelected, he'll he'll get another, which is illegal. He can't get four years if he does another four years. Um, he's not eligible to run after that because a, a president can only serve two terms. They don't have to be consecutive, but they can only serve a maximum of two terms. So right, at which point they'll say, "Well, you know, that's never been enforced in the Constitution. So do we really have to enforce it?" Blah blah blah. I mean, Jesus. Well, he's saying that he's saying he's telling us that that's what he's going to do, right? And Republicans will say, "Well, you know, it's never been tested, so blah blah blah." They'll just come up with some excuse, right? Because they always have an excuse for why it's okay, and it's not actually illegal. And here he here he is now saying that he that a president should have total immunity, as in. You can do anything you want in office and you can never be held accountable, right? So obviously that means that Joe Biden could kill him. Um, Joe Biden could, uh, in fact, take away... He could go and raise Mar-a-Lago, right? He could hit it with a nuke uh, and that would be totally fine because he's completely immune from prosecution. Right, but it's really important to understand that when Republicans talk like this, what they mean is Republicans should have total immunity. Yes. Only yeah. Republicans. When whenever they talk about the whole unilateral presidency and the blah blah blah, the executive power, they don't mean that for Democrats, right? Because when Democrats are president, they don't want them to have any power. It's only when they're in charge that oh wait wait wait, I I don't have restrictions to my power. I I'm a god emperor. You can't tell me no. As soon as I don't have power anymore, oh, wait, no, Constitution's in place. Oh, whoa, there's all sorts of roadblocks. You can't do any of that stuff that I was doing. That's not fair. That's just how they are all the time. Yeah, so not good. Keep monitoring this. Um, I think that uh, I'm hoping the public is listening to this. I'm, I, I genuinely do think that people are falling asleep at the wheel again. Um, that they're not quite acknowledging the threat. That I, I still can't believe that Trump's been rehabilitated. He's been rehabilitated to the point where Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz just came out and endorsed Trump again, like of as if it was he nothing. Did. Well, he's he. Ted Cruz has no fucking spine. Ted yeah. Cruz is a goddamn worm. Yeah, he's, exactly. He, Ted, uh, Vic, Ted Cruz is the next Lindsey Graham. Yeah, I mean Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, he dropped out of Iowa, unsurprisingly, and turned around and endorsed Trump I- immediately. He, <laughs> you can, yeah, he's he's vying for vice president job. It's between like I, I think that um, Trump would probably pick. I think he will ask Nikki Haley to be his vice president. That's my guess. Um, uh, you know, someone. Do you suggested... think Haley would do it? Do you think Haley would would would? Oh, uh, she absolutely would because she she's just an empty vessel of ambition mm. the only person worked for him before but yeah, exactly him. someone mm. someone suggested that he should pick um tulsi gabbard and my my idea behind that not idea but my my impression behind that is if he picks her and they somehow worm mm. their way into back into the white house 
Trump oh. will be dead within a month because Vladimir Putin would be quite happy to have his second favorite puppet in the White House that's right. less erratic and more intelligent. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Please, like, you give me chills. Uh, can't <laughs> go on that fight. She's so creepy. She's oh, yeah. so creepy. She's so um, creepy. And someone's clearly pulling her strings. Yeah. So, of course. She, she's like, I would need her to be twice as far away from the White House as Trump. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, look, let's move on. Uh, I'll ray of sunshine for the week. This is, uh, this is pretty good. I, sh- I shared this on sub on the Substack notes, which is our platform. We both had the same idea. Um, if you're not, um, if you're not signed up to Substack notes, by the way, you, everywhere you should be, it's, it's good. It's a social media Substack social media site, which is infinitely better than Twitter. Um, it much is. cleaner, e- easier to use, doesn't have weird ad incentives. Um, so anyway, uh, this was passed by the by the Biden administration. Um, again, further evidence that Joe Biden genuinely is. He's he's pro poor people, pro labor, um, pro regulating big business. Uh, this so today, um, a Biden proposal would slash bank overdraft fees to as, as low as three dollars. Right. Um, so in the Biden administration on Wednesday took another aim at slashing junk fees, proposing a rule that would cut banks overdraft fees as low as $3, a large upset to some bankers. The rule introduced by the Consumer Financial Protection, the CFF, CFPB. Woohoo! Well, that's a good one. Uh, would apply to CFPB. <laughs> yeah, it would apply to banks and credit unions with more than $10 billion in assets or approximately 175 of the largest financial institutions in the country. According to the proposal, large to mid-sized banks would have to calculate and disclose an annual percentage rate on each overdraft fee. Alternatively, banks could charge a fee to recoup their recoup their loss, their costs, or rely on a benchmark set by the bureau. The CFPB asked for a comment on three dollars, six dollars, seven dollars, or fourteen dollars as proposed benchmarks. Yeah. Um, We've all been is... hit with overdraft fees. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. They rip us off so badly, <laughs> and it's ter- like if you're living paycheck to paycheck, which I have done in the past, which has been. Uh, immensely difficult when you get hit with an overdraft fee it's like you're already broke yeah it's a kick in the teeth (laughs) yeah and and you so it's it's like um account minimums right where a lot of banks have account minimums that if you have under a certain amount you have to pay um you know 10 bucks a month or whatever it is just to have your account open right which is they don't need that yeah yeah charge a rich person that they won't care Right, they um, don't need overdraft fees. Overdraft fees are just bullshit. They don't. There's no need for it. They do it because they can just they can just not accept the um the the transaction. Right, there's no need for them to go negative and then say, oh, we're going to charge you for that. It's like just say no to the transaction. Oh, credit cards do it all the time. Right, it's like oh, you don't have enough money. Sorry, you can't do that transaction. Oh crap. Oh well. Yeah. Ta-da. But they do it because it. Let's put, all right, here we go. Hold on. Approximately 23... This is from um, the, the, the Consumer Financial Bureau, Protection Bureau's website. Approximately 23 million households pay overdraft fees in any given year. The CFPB estimates that this rule may save consumers $3.5 billion or more in fees per year. It's amazing. Yeah. $3.5 billion a year. That's how yeah. much these banks have been stealing from us. Every year, year after year after year, right? 
Right. And it was from a, a decade. It's a loophole. There's the 1969 Truth in Lending Act, which exempted overdraft fees from consumer protection. Um, right. And that's when that was all stuff about, you know, when people were sending checks in the mail, you know, when it actually kind of made sense. Now right. it's just bullshit. Yeah. Well, so that's good. I mean, this is good. This is the kind of thing that the Biden administration does uh, that nobody wants to talk about, really, because it's yep. not sexy and exciting. No credit for it. None. Whatsoever. Um, but it is good news. If this gets through, this would be fantastic news for basically for poor Americans they, who get hit with this stuff all the time. Well, and the middle um, class, not just the working poor. The middle class, too, gets slapped with these. I mean, God knows, like, you know, me and Deb were living paycheck, paycheck. We got hit for it. And even after we were living paycheck, paycheck, we still get hit with it, which is like, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. So another reason why uh, Biden is a good president. Um, it's It's like... If Trump gets in, lots of these things are going to get they they'll get much worse. There'll be less regulation. Um, it's like people seem to forget what America was like before Obamacare, for example. Right, the fact that if you were sick um, and dying, you couldn't get health insurance. Right, if you had a pre-existing condition, your premiums would be through the roof. Or if um, you had health insurance and you got sick, they would find an excuse to take it away. Yeah, uh, and you could that lose was your house. legal. You could lose your house very quickly. Um, you know, people don't again. believe me about that now. Like, I tell them about it, and they don't believe me. And it's like, it's a yeah. thing. Go yeah. look it up. It It's real. And I have to argue with people. Not 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 teenagers. Not mm. like people in their early 20s. People our age who just don't remember that was a thing that existed. And it's right. like, okay, it's it, it's only been like a little over 10 years. Right. How are you forgetting this? Right. This and this is what competent governments do. They come in and they impose sensible regulation on um, for-profit companies that have incentive an incentive to rip people off, to nickel and dime people, which is what they do. Right. That's why they need regulation. I mean, you'd be shocked how much um, uh, Europeans pay for their cell phone plans, for example. Right. In the UK, you could get pretty much unlimited data um, on your on your cell phone, unlimited texts, unlimited calls uh, for about fifteen pounds a month. Ouch! Right? Yeah, because it's regulated. It's heavily regulated, and the phone companies can't rip you off. In America, no such thing. Right? You're paying a minimum fifty bucks a month. Oof, that stinks. <laughs> yeah. So same thing, with, same thing with internet. Like I know internet in other countries is way cheaper. Yeah, it's better and it's cheaper um, because they're regulated properly. So anyway, look, we we that's the end of the show today. We're going to be moving into the emergency meeting podcast where we're going to be talking about a very happy topic, um, Israel Gaza. We've got a few things to say about this. There's the, um, namely the Saudi peace plan. Um, which if you haven't heard about is extremely interesting and could potentially be a way out of this mess because it is a mess and it's getting worse and it's not good. Um, so we're going to go in and talk about that, about why this could be one of the only ways out of this god-awful mess. Um, please subscribe to the, become a paid subscriber. You can get access to the Emergency Meeting podcast. You can get access to all of our paid articles and you'll be supporting um, what we do. It's really appreciated. Uh, and for the rest of you, we'll see you next week. Adios.